Broadcasting worldwide online 24-7. It's Vuga Online, your inspiration radio station. The home of inspiration every, every day. Most people give up on themselves easily. You know the human spirit is powerful. From news. Countries across the globe have been hit by the COVID-19 virus. Views. There's a global trend uh, to see an increase in GBV incidences, specifically domestic violence. 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 Sports. What do you say? It's a really good ball. It's Shabalala. And music to inspire you every day. This is Vuga Online, your inspiration radio station. station. Where we play your music your way all day, every day. This is Vuga Online, your inspiration radio station. station. Welcome to Vuga Online Radio and... Uh, um, I'm, I'm, I have Sarah on the line, and uh, Sarah, I'll, I'll ask Sarah to introduce herself. But I met I met Sarah as we were doing some work together uh, uh, through uh, one of the consulting uh, firms that I that, that I work with. And what I've what I've always found you uh, to be, Sarah, which I, I think um, is is quite endearing. You have this quality of of, of being able to be. Uh, direct and honest in your feedback to people but being gentle and kind at the same time uh, such that it lends because it doesn't feel like it's a judgment it doesn't feel like it's coming um, from a, 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 a space of a fight so I'm grateful that we're actually having uh, this conversation finally because it's been a up and down with the with the WhatsApps and the emails to get this happening. Welcome, Jesse. Thank you. And uh, actually, before the call, I was also uh, remembering that time together in the workshop. And um, and what stood out for me, you talk about being kind, is the participants were having a particularly tough time. And um, I remember we were really holding a space together. <laughs> As firmly and gently as we could, but at one stage you just were appalled that they had no lunch. So I remember you <laughs> disappearing from the room to use your phone to call Mr. Delivery to please bring pizzas to feed these poor delegates that were having such a hard time. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. I mean, how, how we do these things as leaders is always surprising. But thank you and welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. So I always ask right before we start. Um, a, a cheeky question that some people, um, uh, uh, but I think everybody's gotten used to it now. I go, what gives you the right to be uh, sitting and having a leadership conversation with me? So uh, let, 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 let's see. Um, what, who is Sarah and uh, wh- why are we talking about leadership with you today? Oh, thank you. And I actually appreciate that question. And um, and I think if your if your viewers could see me, I think they would see the grey-haired streaks. And I think yes. that's what that <laughs> that shows for me that it's important that um, that we've lived or experienced some things of what we talk about. And yes. so, so having uh, founded and run a business for ten years, some years ago, and running a number of projects, I think I've learned 
through my own experiences and insights and huge mistakes and uh, errors. Um, and that's the one part, I think. And the other part is I, I really um, have worked with change and how we can grow better worlds and systems. And and it's always been when there's been a leader or a group of leaders or a group of people that actually can step in and see a different alternate future. And that is so inspiring to me. So I'm in awe, equally in awe and uh, want to support those people that feel they can step up to create a new future. And that to me is leadership. How do we influence people towards a different future, towards a better future, towards an alternative future? So my work has very much been about how can we do that through coaching, through training, through conversations, through learning, through um, change processes. How do we create people, processes, multipliers that can influence uh, different directions? And then I'm one of those people that likes studying as well. So I'm always studying and leadership tends to be my topic. So I feel like every day I'm, I'm with leaders, I'm learning and um, really sensing what else we can do uh, to, to support leaders. So yes. the topic I'm passionate about. So thank you for the, for the time. A topic no, no, that's great. Yeah. That's great. And then when we come back, and uh, I want to talk about this, you mentioned the studies, because um, I want to talk about what, you, what you're busy doing with your PhD. Because uh, I'm, 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 I'm always excited um, uh, on one level about how we, we have studies in South Africa, in, in, on this continent, uh, that then apply to the world, uh, as opposed to the other way around. Because I find that We've spent a lot of time in the last 25, 30, 40 years, maybe 50 years or so of working with leadership where we were taking in theories that were done uh, from outside of the continent. And out, it doesn't mean they're wrong, but um, I'm very curious about uh, what, what's happening with you and what's coming up with you. Because you're a bit more advanced now with the, with the, with the PhD, yeah? Uh, well, it's in the write-up phase, so that's um, with COVID. It's even more fascinating. So the is it? Yeah, the to- I mean, the topic that I, that I was so curious about is why are why are why after all this do we not have more people stepping up to volunteer to take initiatives to create change? And I, it was really vexing me because yes. there's processes, there's coaching, there's um, support but yet i wasn't seeing a whole you know more and more people stepping up and the world is getting more and more difficult and more complex and more connected so this was for me a particular interest in the continent about um about what would enable more leaders to step up and um so that was the topic like what is it that we go through when we um when we don't take uh, or we don't see the opportunities or the initiatives to step up yeah yeah. So I've had a sample of people that I interviewed throughout last year. Yeah. So let's hold it there for a moment. We'll, oh, get, right. we'll, get, we'll okay. get to it. So I want to take a break because yeah. I want people to kind of go get a cup of water or a glass of water, a cup of tea and, and other stuff. So we'll be back in about in a, in a few minutes just to sell something, allow you to get, a, get settled. And we'll be back with Leadership Mondays. Uh, I, I am with Sarabap, and we are talking leadership transformation and all the fantastic things uh, that are leadership. You know, on this show, we promised you 52 weeks of leadership, 
you will get 52 weeks of leadership whether you like it or not but we're talking to human beings we'll be back hi there this is samohanguna catch me every day just after 3 p.m for Voka sports hour where we speak everything sports only on Voka online radio co.za see you there Please to see you there. You're listening to Vuga Online. You are rocking with the best. Great. Welcome back uh, to uh, Vuga Online Radio and Leadership Mondays. And uh, I'm with Sarah. And Sarah was already going in, uh, take, talking a little bit about, about her study. Uh, but before you do, sir, because I, I, I kind of want to uh, uh, pick your brains a little bit about something. In terms of your experience in leadership and the work that you've been doing for all these these years, what are the two or three big challenges that you think leaders have? I think you already mentioned the fact that, um, because I like how you phrased it, that that says um, we have so much uh, learning and studies and all of that about leadership and changes and coaching and all of that, but nothing is changing. What are you seeing as two or three big challenges for leaders working in this era? In this time, in yes. COVID, yeah. Not, not necessarily in COVID, but been, yeah. the 21st century, I think it mm-hmm. seems to be a very tough time for leaders mm-hmm. in general. Uh, absolutely. And the, the challenges of um, help. I'm really in awe of leaders, actually, that just can keep a business afloat, that can keep people employed, that can see new markets, new products. It's actually in in this environment is challenging because, you know, our economic system is repressed and it's changing. So, but we are also training managers to only do that well. So it's almost as if, as if that's our view, that's our perspective. How do we be more efficient? How do we cut costs? How do we cut processes? How do we do things leaner, meaner, faster? And which is not actually um, allowing us to be innovative, to have new collaborations, to actually see that we need to grow the whole pie and um, explore new potentials, um, as opposed to cut them down to be more cost-effective or reduced. So I think I see this tension in how do we exploit is what we're trained to do and what organizations um, give a reward for. But actually the capacity we need really is to explore new collaborations, new products, more humanity, more a process that services the biggest society in the world, um, which is just a different way of thinking and more supportive of people and the planet and just our humanity and our, you know, neighbors. And yes. that tension of um, not, not being able to explore and being allowed to fully, fully, fully express that. And, yes. uh, and then along with that is sort of all these older mindsets. The old mindset of exploiting is I know I'm the expert. I can fix. I'm certain I can do it, you know, <laughs> and that's so uh, so contrary to what we need is the curiosity and I don't know and ask the questions and what if I open up a new conversation with a different competitor and what could we create together and how do we, you know, yes. provide a better product and process for, for the world. So yes. that's one of the biggest challenges that literally it's a huge identity change to be able to shift from one to the other. And it's really hard. You know, if you Which I think then brings yeah. us very nicely then to your study because I think um, 
after all of these years, it, because it always surprises me when I walk into an organization and everybody goes like, oh, we have a very difficult problem. It's so unique. Yeah. And you will not be able to believe how difficult. And you start listening and you realize, and, and I always get cheeky a bit. Uh, I go, I have good news and bad news. Um, the, 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 the bad news uh, is that your problem is not unique. Um, it, it, it has been before. People have had it before. If you have a leadership problem, chances are you are the problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, yeah. but I would go like, well, well, here's the good news though. The good news is it can be solved because mm-hmm. it has been done before. It has mm-hmm. been solved. But what, what, so tell me about your study because you said that your study was really around checking with all of that, why is, are things not changing as much as they should? Yeah, so, the, so I was really looking at um, what blocks people from, um, from being open to expanding their, their identity as a leader. Why do we stay in our yes. own boxes and our own um, limiting beliefs about ourselves? And one of them, so I followed, literally I followed a group of leaders over the year who kept on checking, nice. you know, are you sure you still want to follow me? And I was like, yes. And all yes. these events were unfolding, you know, over the year about um, company challenges or board challenges or ethical challenges or South African or continental challenges, global challenges. And yet the leaders were staying in their, in their boxes, so to speak. And so the big finding for me is actually was, was it's so obvious, but it's so um, not spoken about is that unless a particular challenge touches us personally, either who we are, or unless it touches our goals or our ambitions, then we do choose to stay in a safe zone. Mm, that's interesting. So, so, so it's essentially um, the owning, the, 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 the personal connection with exactly. whatever it is that we are busy with. Exactly. Yes. And, and it was so, um, as I said, something we know now, now that, and this is why I ask specifically if you're asking about COVID-19, because now it's so touching us, we can't ignore it. But climate yes. change doesn't touch me every day. You know, Trump, yes. doesn't, Trump thankfully doesn't touch me every day. I can yes. turn off the television. I can watch a different channel. But COVID, yes. I can't. It touches me who I am. It touches me in terms of what I value, what's important to me, how can I make my company survive or help my team just create a better way of working. It touches me in terms of my goals, my aspirations, my fears. So I'm completely ensconced in what's going on now in ways that I can't control. And so now it's almost like we don't need to explain all those things we explain about complexity and challenges. It's like, this is it. This is calling on your leadership capacity to step up. Um, This is the opportunity to look at things afresh. Yeah, but but that presents a challenge, though, is doesn't it? Because um, if if you think about how we hire people in organizations, how we promote people, uh, how we reward leaders, uh, we don't actually. I mean, I'm gonna use the words of my of, of, of my professor, um, mm-hmm. Mike van Oturen. He uses the phrase personally, uh, personal, personally meaningful and significant and viable to a person. So yeah. if, if something is, if something, if, because he talks about coaching as a way of getting people to connect to something that's personally significant, viable, and meaningful to yeah. them. 
And so, how do we do that, though? Because uh, we don't we don't do that in the, in the way we work. Um, it's must it's hard if you think about a, an organization like a major a firm like McKinsey or Deloitte or whatever. They have about one hundred and forty four thousand people across the world. Exactly. And, and the interesting thing that you see these big firms doing now when they say they're linking into personal purpose, yes. I think that's so significant because that's the link. So the, if my personal goals, and I use the word goals, like my aspirations, yes. so the leaders that I saw progressed and, you, and were responding to events were the ones that had a bigger purpose and had a bigger goal. So they yes. weren't scared to step into the complexity or the challenges of the current because they had yes. that sense of direction. Like, what am I going yes. for here? So one person in particular was like, I want to be on that Exco in two years time, you know, yes. so that was his, because he wanted to uh, influence the financial services sector to be more uh, investing in carbon friendly, you know, so he had this real drive. And yes. so when, when we see organizations like the big consulting firms taking away performance management, looking at what's your purpose. In fact, this very morning, I saw this clip, SAP, saying that feelings make or break a company. Have you ever, Mangesi, heard about people talk about feelings in these big firms? In the and world. How, <laughs> in the world. And how, and how we see coming to the fore, compassion and empathy and vulnerability being key yes. traits. But unless they're grounded in a future direction, then it's really hard to hook into any change. So I think the saving grace through, through, through ourselves is if we can connect to that purpose, if coaching can help bring that to the fore. So even given what we're facing now, what's it for? What's your legacy? If you look back five years down, how do you want to remember yourself being in these times? What is, what is the changes you want to be proud of that you made while you had this sort of opportunity? in uh, yeah. lockdown, in how you work and how you engage with people. Um, and yeah. I think organizations are waking up to the power of purpose and shared value and looking at a different way. I think they're certainly asking the questions, and that's a good yeah. start. But are, 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 are they, though? I mean, uh, and, and I want to explore that a little bit because um, oh. we, we started this conversation um, with that example um, of, of this other organization that we went to and he, he, there was a huge, I remember that there was a huge disconnect uh, yeah. between the leadership team and the people we were asked to to fix. <laughs> because for some reason, it's always the fault of the, it's always the fault of the staff um, when you get into organizations. The leaders, the executive team, if you are going to measure the, 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 the culture of the organization with the executive team, mm. you are likely to come out with a really bad view of the organization because they will look like they are aligned, they will say all the right things, they are connected to purpose. However, it doesn't seem like it filters down. Yeah, I, mean, I think that that was a particular example of that. And I'm, I'm hopeful that it's in these tough economic times that people are having to revisit why, why do we exist? What's our core business? So even, you know, those hard manufacturing firms that suddenly are making ventilators or the alcohol firms making sanitizer. And just yesterday I was talking, um, I'm based in Cape Town and one of the biggest micro uh, breweries um, is now completely converted its pl plant to making soup for feeding kitchens. 
So instead of putting hops to brew beer, they're now making soup. And they've brought in dietitians and they're making it nutri- nutritious, you know, so there's soya in it and there's, and they're putting it into big vats and they've parted, partnered with NGOs for distribution because they've got all that equipment. So, so this could have been, and I'm not saying all companies are doing it, but I'm hopeful that almost out of economic necessity, people are saying, who can we service and what do we have? And here they are sitting with big vats that are all sterile, that they, you know, the um, schools are battling to feed the children at a lower cost. And now the soup um, is a viable alternative. It's nutritious, yeah. it's flavorsome. But if they hadn't faced COVID, they would have carried on making beer, right? <laughs> yes, I like that. In fact, in fact, uh, what you've just done, and when we come back, I want us to talk about this a little bit more. Um, what you've just done is synthesize for me um, a bit of a struggle I've been having about this whole COVID experience where people have been talking about it as, oh, it's here to catalyze human uh, humanness and humanity and, and all of that, uh, which I have seen in terms of places like the example you've given and a couple of other org- uh, organizations where they completely uh, shift the the how of mm. of their purpose. So they're still fulfilling their purpose, but how they are doing it is very different um, from their normal operations, but it's still in line. But I want to talk a little bit about that, about that and, and challenge a little bit more. But we have to take some music and because more music, more inspiration, that's our tagline. And I know that some people don't like the music because they're enjoying the, the leadership conversation. But people, we have to do some music. We'll be back uh, after this. Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on and ready to go. Ruga Online. Cool. How are we doing so far? <laughs> Good. I think you've really um, hit, got a key question that I think all of us can answer about yeah. how do we, how do we in our own lives uh, raise the questions we want to raise? Yeah. And I think that's also one thing COVID has brought us is that because we now all linked in and we all zoomed in, the quieter voices have an equal platform. So it's yeah. not just the louder one or the louder one who hangs out in the important person's office and you know we all actually yes. have airtime so i'm wondering how yes. we're all using that yeah, yeah. <clears throat> welcome back uh, to um uh, leadership mondays and i'm with sarah Beth, and we're having I, I love the show because we, we actually go in depth but also try to be very practical about leadership and humanize leadership a little bit so so i think before we went to a break and, and, and with all the, the segue that we've just been doing now um e- I've been getting a lot of, of it and, and, and I have a clip that I posted somewhere where I go like people should stop talking about the new normal uh, because for some reason I've had a bit of a sense of pessimism around how we are going to all of a sudden change yeah. and become really amazing people because we've had a virus uh, affect us. So in your in your sense and in, in, in your opinion, and I think you maybe seeing some of the examples of the people you've been following, what what do you feel um, the COVID experience will change with regards to how we do leadership? 
So um, uh, the one thing I think that will help all of us is that we give up knowing and that we, we get asking, we get asking questions and we are really open to um, the future is not known and, and that we can collaborate and be open to different perspectives. Because things we said that could never happen are happening in in a sort of twenty four hour turnaround. We're working virtually. We, you know, we're connecting with different suppliers. We've so yeah. I think it's opened up a sense of um, and not naive possibility, but a yes. like a real possibility. Things we said could never happen. Suddenly, it's really we really can. So yeah. I think that's a huge change because it means we'll be. We'll just be open, and I think this is my hope, maybe, is that we open to waves of change always because this is not going to stop. And I I actually agree with you, and I've also been really into the term new normal because that presupposes there's an end. You know, that when it ends, we had a new normal. But for me, this is it. This is is it. You know, how we, who we engage with, how we talk, what we let go of, how we keep learning, how we keep crafting different futures and most of all that we can just try it yeah. we can we can challenge and question and try and yeah. that to me is hugely hopeful yeah we are in it in in, in a sense that that's that's where we are I'm, I'm i'm interested though in terms of if you go back to your study because you said you started following um some of these guys and you summarized it a little bit in terms of that sense of purpose but what were some of the um Great examples. Um, I think you gave you gave one um, just before the break, and bad examples of of what what we should be looking out for as we transition in this in this era. You know that when you were asking that, the the words that were coming to my mind is it's um, we face this inner battle. You know this inner fight, this inner turmoil that can be so heartbreaking when you see it sort of spill over in self-doubt or lack of self-assurance that you can find a way. Mm-hmm. And so in this era, I think it's really how do we become really confident inside us that we don't know and that's okay. And in fact, that's more powerful to say, I don't know and let's yeah. talk and ask and explore and try and experiment but when you see this, it really breaks my heart to, when you see somebody inside so tortured by their not knowing and then trying to present a different persona and then grappling and appearing, you know, the, it spill ekes into the outside of uh, a lack of per- personal presence and a lack of influence. And if yeah. we could all, and I really mean each of us, whether we're a young child or an elder or a colleague, uh, no matter where, if we could just connect with that inner, that inner sense of assurance that I bring something and that's valuable, full stop, yes. then yeah. we'll have that sense of we're in it, we're in it together, you know, yeah. and um, we can face what's ugly and harsh and, and we can face holding hands in a protest together to, yeah. to walk a different future. But but you're asking a very difficult answer. I mean, in terms of that, that's a very big ask. I mean, you've just used now the example um, uh, with the, 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 the protests. I mean, there's there's a whole wide because it's actually been fascinating. It's one of those waves of protest around Black Lives Matter as one of it. There's a, a gender-based violence 
um, as another protest that's been going on, uh, which are indicators of, of our fear, how many of us are sitting in a space of fear and uh, our boxes. Mm. Now, what you are then asking is, I should forget everything I've been taught as, as, as a man about women. I should forget everything I've been taught as a, a, a white male or white female uh, about black people. I should forget everything I've been taught as an adult about children. Mm. Because I've spent so much time with that belief. How do I do that? And you know what? I think it's an even harder ask because it's an even braver ask to say, I'm not going to forget what I've learned as a white woman, but I'm going yeah. to come to you as a black man and say, this is what I've learned as a white woman. And you're going to say, yeah. this is what I've learned as a black man. Black man. And yeah. we look at each other and full stop. You know, we yeah. don't layer it or, but we then can say, okay, but if we look forward, what horizon do we want to look at together now? Yeah, And I think that's yes. even harder because that's the vulnerability and that's the truth and that's the harshness and that's the pain or, you know, but it's through that that we see the, if I can just be in what I'm in, then I can almost see more clearly. I'm not fogging it or putting on layers yes. or filters or yes. pretenses, you know? So yes. it's, it, yes. is a, it is a hard It hard. is hard because, I mean, I mean in fact, what, what, you, what you're saying is it, 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 it's almost asking, answering, answering your question uh, in, a, in a different way of, of your research. That says the reason why uh, many leaders don't shift and change the way they should is because they are always looking for a structure from outside. They are mm. always looking for uh, somebody, some yeah. theory to tell them how to react. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and we end up in NCIAD and Adverts and, and, and the Center for Work-Based Learning and all of these places um, looking for an answer that we already have. But now I go to Sarah. Sarah is this consultant that I'm paying a lot of money. Yeah. And she comes and she tells me, it's inside. <laughs> um, so you're on Boomerang Radio, and uh, we're talking leadership Mondays. And when we come back, sorry, as we wrap up, um, because I want I want you to share two, two or three pieces of advice to leaders that are listening, uh, how to do this practically, um, when they get out of this conversation. Um, but I also um, want to uh, check with you. What is it that I'm, what, what, what questions am I not asking about your, 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 your study that um, leaders need to know? Uh, and, and then we'll wrap up with that. But for now, we'll take a quick break. We're not taking a musical break, uh, so don't go too far. And we'll be back after this. Playing the music you love. This is Vuga Online, your inspiration radio station. 24 hours of non-stop anthems. Great. Welcome back uh, to Leadership Mondays. And uh, I'm uh, wrapping up uh, with Sarah. And we've been having very difficult conversations about leadership. It's, it's, it, I mean, it's always fascinating when we have these conversations, how deep it tends to get. And sometimes I find that we make it sound simple when we talk about it. But the feedback I get from people that are listening, sure, that was like really, really deep. It got me 
it got me thinking and people kind of start writing things down. Before we talk about um, what are the two practical things that leaders can do when they get out of here for this, what questions am I not asking about your research that leaders need to know? So, so one of it is um, how do we build this capacity to sense make what's happening around us? And, and that's so, we see that now that we, no sooner we look one way, as you say, another thing props up somewhere else, another thing crops up. I'm almost nervous to turn on the news, you know, because yes. of what's happening now. So yes. um, I think the question of how do we, how do we sense make, how do we read our environment without taking it on? You know, finding that pause about um, what's going on inside me, what's going on outside, and then a pause, you know, uh, before we can actually make a choice or move forward or take an action. So I suppose that's more of a comment than a question, but it really is a question. So how do we keep on taking on these waves of challenges, of changes, of global precedence um, without feeling like we need to block it off or run away or run a million miles? Uh, yeah. is a real question, I think. Yeah. yeah, cool. So I'm listening. I'm a leader. I'm listening to this show. I'm sitting somewhere in, in, in Scandinavia. Or I'm sitting in Denver, Colorado, or perhaps uh, somewhere in the Eastern Cape um, in, in some government office uh, trying mm-hmm. to deal with the COVID uh, issue. What are the two things I should take out of this conversation that uh, that I should go and implement immediately that will make make it easier for me to lead? I think the first thing is if we're going to be living in these changing times, how do we keep building our own adaptability? And mm. and a simple question like saying "What if" could be a really practical way of staying in adaptability. So our mind's mm. going to go to "I've done it," "I can't," uh, "No." But if we keep just asking, so what if? What if I could create a new structure? What if I could support a new product? What if I could create employment? You know, what if I could do it, go on my own? You know, the, the what if question I think is really um, quite compelling just to keep us yeah. going. And it yeah. keeps our mind fresh and open to, so what if that is happening? Or what if, you know, we, we could um, find different solutions? So that I think is, I think, quite a like practical that. way. Um, and then I think it really is about just for, if you ask for two, I would say it's about try it. How do we um, overcome our own blockages and just say, um, Jennifer Garvey Berger talks about leadership mind traps where we, um, where we think we, we have control. And so the, another question that's useful to ask there, instead of what can I control or how can I make it happen? We ask the question, what can I en- enable? What can I yes. What do I want yes. to enable? So how yes. can I, if, I, if it is, instead of saying I want to create a, um, a different team or a more diverse board, it's like how can I enable more diversity and inclusion or how can I enable more innovation? It just brings a different slant to it and a more openness to working with other people and hearing different ideas, I think. Mm. So if we all do that, even in our own families. So what if I could have a more peaceful family with a very stressed child at the moment or what if I, <laughs> or how can I, 
how can I enable more, you know, fun and laughter in my house? It's quite stressed, you know. I think it applies to all of our, all of. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing a lot there about curiosity, eh? Um, it, it's, yeah. it, it's, and, and it connects back to what you said earlier before the break. That yes, uh, I've learned this. Yes, I know that. Yes, I've walked this journey. Um, what don't I know right now? Mm. Uh, if if I were to add another layer to your question, that that, that what if um, there's something there that says, no. what if I didn't know anything? What would I do there? So about this idea. situation. So so I'm I'm hearing that, and I think the one challenge though, um, and and I want to hear your thoughts about it before we close. Um, when you talked about personal purpose and linking stuff, because I agree with you, um, I've found that. Um, even with me using myself, many people would ask me, how do you get to do all of these things? Do a thousand things, it's radio here. And I go, actually, I'm doing one thing everywhere. I'm doing absolutely one thing, putting Africa in the center of the world where it's supposed to be. And I refuse to do anything that doesn't allow me to do that. And, and I find it very useful and a powerful way of, of, of of, of also refocusing uh, yourselves when the drama is happening. Because I would go like, okay, dude, why are you putting yourself through this? Because I think if we actually, all of us as leaders, got to a space where we asked ourselves, why am I putting my... Because leadership is hard. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's powerful. It's your moorings in the in the storm. You're yes. uh, keeping you together on course. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Great. That sounds that sounds great. And I think and so. So now I think we're done with leadership. So now here's my last question uh, that I always ask, uh, and I know I know you don't expect it because I don't tell people that I'm gonna ask it. I'm gonna close the show with a song. Mm-hmm. What song should I play for you? David Bowie under pressure. Ah, that that came that came very easy. <laughs> I didn't I didn't I didn't pressure you enough. Um, why that song? Why that particular song? I I wanted myself. I'm so obsessed with David Bowie at the moment, and I just admire him for his adaptability. I mean, he went through how many personas and recreations, and. Um, and creativity in his phases in his life is, uh, and I must admit, I'm an '80s musical. So, um, so I've been uh, playing David Bowie while I've been cleaning the house at loud volume. And his other favorite, of course, is Let's Dance. So I think they yeah. go hand in hand. <laughs> I think I think your spirit is speaking there. You. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Sarah. When people want to reach you and and continue this conversation, maybe follow up on some of the stuff we spoke about. Where do people Where do people connect? Uh, LinkedIn is always good, Sarah Bab, and uh, website laminar.coza. Um, mm. And uh, I do enjoy these conversations. Thank you for having the space and keeping these conversations alive. I think they're really very real questions. You know, how do we do this? So yes. thank you to you and your show. <laughs> yes, I'm grateful. Thank you for making for making the time. And I'm glad for once I'm not talking to someone that has a whole uh, funky library uh, behind them because it's always fascinating when we have these uh, Zoom things. It looks like everybody has bought the same template. 
and <laughs> they put it <laughs> they put it behind them and yeah. then you're seeing all of these books because everybody is so educated thank you so much sir and have a Right here, right now, the best tunes of all times.